We are in the second week of a series which we're calling Parenting in Wonderland, okay? And uh, what that is about is this whole idea or concept that the world that we live in is, has changed, right? It's the social media game, all the screens, these new uh, Gen Z students are growing up on up to five screens at a time. So we have, uh, how, do we, how do we navigate this? How do we manage that? And it's a difficult thing. Last week, we kind of started out talking about how far down does the rabbit hole go, right? And uh, using this parenting in wonderland idea of that the game has changed and social media has really ramped things up. And so we, uh, we went into that some last week. That podcast is already up, I'm glad to say. So if you missed last week, you can check it out. And today we're, we're kind of jumping in, going with this whole idea of shallow parenting. Like, what is, what is that? Um, and, I, and really, I feel like shallow parenting is when we kind of skip along the surface of ideas. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to talk more about that today. You're going to get some discussion time in the middle like usual, and uh, then, so we'll talk for a little while, you'll get some discussion time, we'll wrap it up, and then Cammie's going to come do a, a little monologue and tell you how badly we do at this in our own home, which is what we normally do. So uh, let me pray, and we'll, uh, we'll jump in today. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, just this church, thank you for the opportunity to parent our kids, and Lord, it's, uh, it's an incredible privilege and a blessing, but it's challenging, and the times that we live in are difficult. And so we pray that you would uh, give us your wisdom from your word, help us to glean from each other uh, ways that we can better navigate this season of life. And uh, Lord, you have given us kids at such a time as this, and, and it wasn't a mistake. And so we pray that you would equip us to, to navigate these times. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so shallow parenting. What are, what are we talking about? Um, again, I said you're kind of we're kind of skipping along the surface of things. I think shallow parenting happens, at least I can identify it in my own life, that I am guilty of this big time, partly because of the busyness of our culture, right? We are so busy that it's easy to parent on the surface, okay? And so what, I'm, what do I mean by that? I can give you some examples. Like if you have little kids, have you ever done this when you're, when you're going around the grocery store or whatever, or you're in the doctor's office waiting room and you're waiting and your kids are really just bothering you, okay? Let's be honest. Or they're making a ruckus or they're, and what, what is my, um, this is my temptation anyway, here's my phone, okay? Because I don't want to necessarily deal with the way they're acting, which would take me, it would be more work for me, okay? But for me to give them my phone is actually very easy, but I'm teaching them something by that, right? We're teaching them to distract themselves. We're training their brains to be busy on this screen that flashes and does things and, and all of that very quickly, very early. And so it's just super easy for me to do that, okay? Um, maybe a good example of this to me too is like, and we've talked about these in past parent use, but like the Disney Channel, okay? Disney Channel is one of those things where a lot of us, and believe me, I... I do this, especially when I'm visiting other family and stuff. Disney Channel, generally, we know it doesn't have a lot of things that are going to damage my kids, right? There's not going to be like amazing, you know, all this sexuality and stuff on the Disney Channel. But that's different. That is different saying, is this going to harm my children in that sense from, is this good for my kids? Like, what are the shows? There are shows on Cartoon Network and Disney Channel, things like that, when you have younger kids that are not necessarily good for our kids to watch. They're just not necessarily harmful. Does that make sense? And so, like, I, I, 
for me, definitely, if we're visiting family I'll, that I don't know how, what their parenting rules are, you know, my kids will be watching that, and, I, you know, and I know, I'm like, well, at least it's not going to hurt them probably, so I'm, I'm okay. But that's, that is different from going, what do I want my kids to watch? You know, because we've talked about this before. Like if your kids are younger and they watch a lot of Cartoon Network or Disney stuff, for example, parents are almost always idiots or absent in a lot of those shows. Like be aware of that. Like how are you paying attention to this happening? Uh, it could be maybe uh, I put a filter on my uh, home network or my home computer, but I haven't checked it in years. I don't even know if it's up to date. I, you know, so I check the box, right? In all of these cases, shallow parenting happens when we want to check the box and say, I'm doing at least the minimum of what I need to be doing here to protect my family, okay? You know, and so this is when that's different from going, wait a second, you know, what is what I'm doing really achieving what I want to happen? That's intentional parenting. I'm saying that's where we want to go is intentional parenting and not just shallow parenting. Thinking deeply, what is it that I want to accomplish? Okay, what is it that I want to accomplish? Am I doing, what am I doing to accomplish what I want to see them do, what, end up like? Am I doing these things? And then are the things that I'm doing going to take me there? Like I might even be doing something intentional to see my kids get where they need to be, but it's not working, and I'm not even assessing, really, that it's going to take us to that place, okay? Um, so, and I'll give you an example of that. Another example, I stayed with a family years ago for a month or two, and um, they had one teenage boy at home, and, and the rest of their kids were already gone, and, and I remember the dad, like, we don't have cable, like, there's nothing good on there, so I don't, I don't have it, you know, and you, so... This is a check-the-box kind of thing, because what would happen is his son would come downstairs where I was staying, and they had a big-screen TV, but it was an Internet-capable television, and he was pulling up whatever he wanted to watch on YouTube. There's full episodes of all kinds of shows, so he didn't need cable. He was already past that. He was already more like where we are now, where kids just go to the Internet to watch what they want to watch. So the parents are like, well, I don't like them watching all this garbage on TV, so we're not going to have cable. Fine. He just found it anyway. You see what I'm saying? Like... And I don't think the parents had a clue that he was doing that. So there is a sense of how engaged are we and is, is what we're doing, like in their case, not having cable, is that achieving? No, it didn't achieve what they wanted in that regard, right? So, so we want to be thinking about this. And one way that I started thinking about this week is offense versus defense, okay? Some of you may have played sports, any kind of sport, it doesn't really matter, um, but in sports, there's offense, right? You want to, like, if a football analogy or a basketball, you've got to score. You've got to get the ball down there and either in the hoop or across the goal line or if it's soccer, get it in the goal, whatever. And we understand this concept, but then there's defense. You've also got to keep the other team from scoring on you, right? I mean, that's how you win the game. You have to play both offense and defense. If you only do one, that's probably not going to help you win, okay? And so with this idea in mind... What is offense when it comes to training our children to go where we want them to go, right? And so offense is things like teaching your kids the right things. Do we have positive investment? Are we teaching them about character? Are we teaching them about integrity? That's offense, okay, when we do those things. Defense are some of the things that we know protect your kids from the world and from their own sin nature, right? We want to we do some of that. But we have this, this verse in Proverbs 22, 6, which says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's offense, 
right? That's when we're playing offense is we're training them to be who we want them to be. Defense is when we're trying to protect them from, you know, from, from what's going on in the world, okay? And I think we have, do we have that picture, Mark, of the, of the barriers um, coming in? So this is, when we're playing defense, and we talked about this, especially when kids are little, it's easier to think about this, but there are these barriers we put up. Uh, there's things that are protecting, we're trying to protect them, but the world keeps getting in there anyway, right? The world gets at them. That's those arrows coming in. So, but the whole idea is that we're training them to discern when they interact with the world, what is the choice that they're going to make? Because it's still about, uh, about making choices. So are we playing both offense and defense? And you think that I want to play, um, play offense more than defense when it comes to parenting because we have that verse, remember, that says the gates of hell shall not prevail against us, right? And gates don't attack anybody. We're supposed to be attacking the gates of hell. The kingdom of God moves forward. We're not supposed to be defending ourselves against the gates. <laughs> They're not attacking us. Satan is at work. He's like a, a lion roaming around seeking who to devour. So don't worry. There are evil forces trying to get at our kids in that sense. But we also have to remind ourselves that it's the heart generally that we have to speak to. It's the heart where a lot of this is taking place. Um, a lot of us have not been playing offense, and now we're realizing our defense isn't good enough. Does that make sense? Technology is changing so fast. Things are happening so fast that we're not very good at defense right now. Is what, that's what I'm proposing, okay? And you can continue to study and try to be an expert on defense all the time. But I'm trying to say, and this is what I'm going to, you're going to keep getting a dose of this from me, is offense is better in this case, okay? Um, doesn't mean we don't play defense, but offense is better. And part of that is remembering that temptation when your kids face a temptation, we talk, saw those arrows coming in through the barriers that we put up. When they face those temptations, the temptations are only discovering and uncovering what's already here. See, it, it, is, it is a misnomer when we start to think that out there is all the danger. Or that even in, in this phone, you know, this is where the danger is. Guys, this is not the danger. This is the danger. My heart, your kid's heart, is the problem. They have a sin nature that is seeking to do things, okay? So offense is when you go after their heart. Defense, yes, we need to be aware of what is here and what's going on, but offense is going after this. And that's why I'm saying offense to me is a better strategy to go after than defense. We have these verses, all right? I'm going to, many of you, if you've been a parent, you a lot, you've heard these a lot. And he said, this is in Mark 7, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All of these things come from within and they defile a person. It's inside of them. You know that when they're two and they start saying no and they throw tantrums and all that. And we know this in our minds, but we still can start to forget and think that it's out there. Uh, James 1 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Okay, get that. He is lured and enticed by his own desire. <clears throat> 
we need to be training their hearts to do the right things, okay, regardless of what they see. So what does offense look like? Um, teaching my kids the best choices that they can make regardless of their environment. Remember uh, last week, if you were here, we talked about Amsterdam. I went to Amsterdam, walked around. Uh, you could buy drugs in like coffee shops, and this was like 20 years ago. I know now you can buy drugs in Colorado too, but you could buy drugs in coffee shops. You could, uh, I remember I was window shopping, and then I hit a window that just had prostitutes sitting in the window, like, hey, how are you? And you're just like, this is a little different from country boy who grew up in small town Tennessee. Wasn't used to that, okay? But I didn't go crazy and do the drugs, and I didn't do that because of the character that I had. Okay, that was just not something I was going to do. And so if the Internet is Amsterdam and our kids can be there, are they going to make the right choices when they're in those environments? Right. This is offense. So what are some of these things? And these are things that you guys know. But let's just go through some of these and think about this for the sake of a discussion. Uh, Self-control, moderation. How are you talking to your kids and training them and thinking about those two things? Okay, do they show self-control in other areas of their life? Moderation. Again, if your student has 20,000 texts a month, they probably aren't very good at self-control and moderation. If they can't have a conversation with you without looking at their phone, okay, all the time, this is one of those things. Uh, what are we doing in that? If we have those rules, for example, that say, hey, during the school week, there's no video games. There's nothing wrong with that or as a rule. But then if Saturday you say, it is just, man, 14 hours straight of Xbox, go. Is that teaching them moderation, right? Then they go, oh, man, this is my time. It's teaching, actually, it's teaching feast and famine, right? And so that's what I say. Are we, when we're thinking about what we're doing, are we, are we thinking, is this getting me where I want to go with this, okay? Is the way that I'm parenting going to take me where I need to be? Um, purity and self-image. Okay, last week we mentioned the fact that it is normal now for boys especially to solicit girls for nude pictures. That is a thing in parenting. Or in, when I was a teenager, that would have been really difficult to do. Okay? And now that's a normal thing. So what, but think about it. The vulnerability, and this is what Robbie Sherrill's coming in next week. She's a counselor. She's going to talk to us some about how do we shore our kids up so that they're not as vulnerable to some of these things, right, as, as parents. So she's going to do that. I'm excited. I won't be here, but she is, she's coming in, and Cammie will be here to introduce her. But thinking about that, so what is, this, what is the self-image that helps you not be so susceptible to that of someone asking you that, you know? That's where we're going with that. Are you investing in that? idea. When you're shopping for clothes is a good time to start talking about self-image, right, with your kids. When you're seeing uh, something on TV, a, a commercial or a model or something, you know, Super Bowl, when they have that Victoria's Secret halftime uh, commercial or whatever, and you say, hey, what do you think, of, what is going on here? You know, do you pause, the DVRs are amazing for this, you pause and have a discussion about that, uh, that's a good time to do that. Um, Talking to our kids that, is there, that once you put something on the internet, it's there forever. They, they don't understand that. You and I understand that. We get that. They really don't. 
Sometimes I'm glad they don't because it's easy to catch them doing stupid things. But they can do really stupid things that are on the internet forever too. So we have to be careful. How do we, are we talking to them about that? Modesty. Are, is this something that we are training them to do uh, again, again, when you're buying clothes or when you're seeing things, interacting with other people, TV shows, all of that's a great time to just have that conversation about modesty. Are we talking about that? Uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned in here before that I often will not look at Instagram or anything right after spring break because it's like every girl is posing and the pictures of the bikinis are up on after spring break like crazy. And so have that conversation. Hey, nothing wrong with you taking pictures of your friends at the beach and posting. But what is up with this picture? You know, why this angle? Why, why not throw the wrap on before you take a picture? You know, what are we teaching them about that? Um, sexuality, and I, and I call it holy sexuality because we talked about that at the last parent. You Do we teach them about sexuality in positive ways? Again, instead of defense only, trying to protect them from images and things like that, are we saying, what is God's design for sex and sexuality? How, you know, what does that look like? Um, right now, again, perfect opportunity, the Me Too movement, right, that's going on, or the Time's Up, whatever you want to call it, all of these sexual assault things that are in the news, have you engaged your kids about that? I mean, it's all over the news that everybody's coming out that some, you know, this is a great time to talk to your daughters, guys, about how they should be treated, how they should expect to be treated. It's a great time to talk to our sons about saying, how do you think Harvey Weinstein got where he is? How did he get there? How did he go from, you know, when did this behavior start? What does that look like? How do you think if you were on a date you should treat a girl? You know, those are positive. That's offense. This is positively training our kids for the way that we want to see them behave. Uh, you know, Mike Pence has been uh, derided and made fun of because, I don't know if you're aware of this, again, it's in the news that he said, you know, he, he has a standard that he does not meet alone with a woman. He, he'll always have somebody else there. And if he goes to a party where there's alcohol and stuff, if his wife isn't with him, he won't, he won't have a drink. And the news media went crazy with that, you know, making fun of him and then calling him a sexist and all these things. And again, regardless of your politics, I'm not addressing that. But, but that is something, opportunity for us to say, why would he have a standard like that? What is he trying to do? How is he trying to protect himself and women? Okay? Um, you know, so, again, these are opportunities for us to have these conversations. Um, pornography makes a woman into an object, right? And the more that this dominates and is mainstreamed in our society, it is going to be a bigger and bigger problem for guys to even be able to interact with women in the way that God designed, okay? So again, it's not just about keeping them from seeing it. It is understanding what is so wrong with it, okay? And, and that's offense. Um, Self-esteem, self-worth. When it comes uh, to Instagram, we talked about this last week, honesty. Like if Instagram is just an advertisement for my life and it's completely fake or, you know, I can only put things on there that make me look perfect, or I'm pursuing likes constantly. You know, what is driving that? What is that feeding in me where I have to have people like what I'm posting? These are conversations that we want to have. Again, it's not bad to post things on Instagram. It's not bad to get likes. But going under the surface, you see what I'm saying? Not shallow, not just hitting the surface. Is anything harmful on there? 
but getting underneath and training them with the character, training them with these ideas. And then finally, trust. How much do you talk about trust and about truth in your family? You know, because really when, and this is so foundational. I mean, I'm hoping all of you have been talking about this since they were little, little, little kids. I mean, at my house, truth is such a high value for us. And always my kids have gotten less punishment. I would sit them down and say, now I think you hit, you know, you hit your sister. And I want you to know you have an opportunity to tell me what really happened now. But, and if you tell me the truth, things are going to go much better for you. Right? And we have this discussion that once truth is eroded, then I don't know what's real. And then things get really bad. And then I become the bad dad. And then the rules come down. I mean, fire and brimstone come down in my house when lying is discovered. Okay? And truth is something that we push very highly because, really, your foundation is you interact with your kids. If there's no truth, if you think they're lying to you or you're not getting what's real, then doing all the other stuff is much more difficult, Right? So the truth is so foundational with your kids, no matter what age they are, for you to push that. And then you have to, and here's where I say we can undermine our own selves. Like, have we, are we truthful with them always? Do they see us being truthful? We have to be above reproach in this area. Like, if you have, a, if you have that conversation with your kids where you're like, well, we're not going to tell your dad about this. We're just going to keep this between you and me. You're undermining the very thing if you t- want them to be truthful. You see what I'm saying? When you're kind of training them to hide things from one parent or the other, what we're doing is we're undermining our own ability to get the truth out of them. Because then they learn, oh, wait a second. Telling the truth is good unless it's not expedient in this situation. Then it's situational truth. And if it's situational truth and I can just tell the truth when it's going to help me, man, we don't want to do that. If you're telling your kids when they're 13, you know, you still look 12, so when the waitress comes around, we're going to get that kid's meal, right? Uh, we're going to get that cheap movie ticket. You're teaching your kids that when it's expedient, lying is better. And we don't even realize that sometimes because we're just trying to save a buck, right? Don't save a buck. The, the character that we're developing is so much more important than that dollar fifty that we save on that buffet or whatever, right? And yet it is tempting. Um, so the other thing, as you're doing this, integrate as much as you can. Remember, there's distance between you and them age-wise. There's distance between you and them culture-wise. How do you get on their level when you're t- talking to them, okay? Two strategies. I mean, one is just tell stories about your own life, your own situation. Let them in. Oh, I I had this happen at work today, or something popped up on my screen at work, and here's exactly what I did to stay above reproach. Oh, okay, you're telling me that you are now in this struggle yourself. You have to deal with this in your life. I have to deal with this in my life. How How can I do that? So one is share your own experience appropriately, right? You're not going to be like, well, my boss is sleeping with his, you know, this the secretary. And, you know, you don't, you're not going to do inappropriate things. Share an appropriate level. And then share stories of when you were their age. Oh, man, I got caught doing this when I was your age, and, I, and here's what happened. Again, it takes wisdom to know how to share that appropriately. But when you put yourself in their context, it makes you human, Oh, wait, you're not just this mom figure or this dad figure. You're a person. Oh, you struggled with that too? Oh, you messed up there too? 
so I'm not just alone in this. I'm not, you see what I'm saying? It, it makes it more accessible. What you're teaching them is more accessible when you get on their level. Um, don't also assume that conversations you've had in the past connect the dots to what's going on on the internet. Okay, like if, when was the last time you really talked to your kids about bullying? I mean, if you think about it, I think like what, when they were like six on the playground and somebody pushed them down, you know, bullying, at least in my household, is not something that just comes up regularly, okay? But when they're on the internet talking mean about somebody or they're showing pictures of a party that three of their friends were at and the fourth one wasn't there, but they know the fourth one's going to see the pictures and feel horrible for not being there, that is, you know, these are the ways internet bullying happens, there are starts. It can be much worse than that, right? It can be, you know, subtweeting and being fake and, and creating a false, you know, thing and just going after somebody, talking bad without naming it, knowing everybody at school really knows who it is. You know, things like that. There's all kinds of things. But th that kind of bullying is happening. And it's happening to your kids or your kids are doing it if they're on social media a lot. And we have to engage with that and talk about it. Okay, so just because you talked about bullying once when they were little on the playground, bullying's a little more sophisticated now, and we need to engage them in that. Okay, so I've given you a lot already. Uh, let's take a few minutes and talk. Um, before, before that, we do have, last thing I do want to say before I go to this question, sorry, Mark, I'm... Um, Offense doesn't always work, right? You're going you're gonna to do that, but you do have to play some defense. You want to trust and verify is what I say, right? Trust and verify. Trust that they're doing the right thing. You've trained them to do the right thing. But you do want to, you know, look and see what is going on. I mean, some simple things. We're going to talk, by the way, the last week, we're going to give a lot of practical stuff. I'm going to give you worksheets with, you guys want the filters and all that? We'll talk about all that. Uh, again, I want to teach you more the principles rather than just the techniques of defense. But we will talk about defense. But like scroll through their texts when they're not there. Um, friend them on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, any social media they're on. You should be their friend so you can see what they're posting and what they're interacting with or what their friends are posting. Um, but again, knowing that if they're super tech savvy, they're going to be able to get around you. That's the reason, again, I, I stress offense more than defense because they're better at this than we are. Not at first. When they're younger, when they're little, it's a lot easier to catch them. But when they get older, I mean, guys, adults are super good at hiding their sin, right? We're good at it. They get better and better the older they get. And they can really uh, get around these loopholes. So that's why we talk about training these principles. So we're going to put up a couple questions, um, talk around your tables. When was the last time you had a conversation about offense? And I'm not talking about that term offense. I'm saying, what did you talk about positively trying to train character into your kids? That's what I mean by that question. Um, what did you discuss and what was the context? Okay, so talk about that around your tables. Or what are you currently doing on defense and how is that working for you? Okay, so just spend a few minutes talking about that and I'll come back up in about 10. I always feel bad getting you guys to stop talking to each other, because especially when the conversation is going well. Feel free to stay in here and talk after it's over. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I do want to say, and this is something that um, probably, I don't always say this and make sure you understand where I'm going with this. So 
I am not what you call a super organized person, okay? I am, in fact, my right path, the thing that most defines me as a human being is that I am unstructured, okay? So I'm in the top 2% of unstructuredness. In this room, there's only one person probably who is as unstructured than me, and that's Emilio in the back on my staff. So we're super unstructured. There's good things and bad things about that. But I want you to know, if this is overwhelming when I talk about this stuff, that you think, oh, gosh, Jeff, well, you're a pastor, so you plan all this out, and you sit your kids down, and you have a long discussion about one of these subjects that you brought up, and you pull out the scripture, and you do all this stuff, and you're just, but I can't do that, okay? I don't do that. I want to reiterate, if you do that, that's great. Okay, and maybe you can help me figure out how to be better, do better at that. But I want you, remember how I said, I think you are as good as I am at hitting the pause button on a remote control. That you can do, right? And this is about being aware of life and how it affects our kids so that we do, when we're in the car driving down the road, instead of being in my own world, when I hear on the radio that somebody else came out with the Me Too movement, then I turn the radio down, and I look to my, well, I don't look because I'm driving, and I say to my child, hey, what do you think about that? That is not that hard to do, right? We, we, can, we can pause life and engage when those opportunities naturally present themselves. We don't have to, I don't want you to be overwhelmed that, oh, gosh, I'm doing bad at offense. Pay attention to what's going on in life. When they say I wasn't invited to the, to the dance or when nobody likes their picture on Instagram, that's when you, in, you engage and you ask questions, right? And you ask questions and, and talk about what's underneath the feeling that they have, right? The emotion that they're expressing, whether it's elation of, over something or whether it's sadness or whatever, there's really a deep need under the surface that has either just been met or is not being met. That's what you want to go after, is that. That is what I'm talking about with offense, okay? That is speaking to the heart of the matter. Oh, wow, you're really excited about this. Oh, you're, you're glad because you got 50 likes on this picture. Well, what, what is it about the likes that really, you know, where are you finding satisfaction in life here? You see what I'm saying? And you start to dig down under the surface, getting them, because they're not even thinking about why they're so excited, you know? They're not thinking about the deep need of their heart right at that moment. They just know that, you know, something is happening there. So for us to engage in that way, um, so that's what we want to do. Now, two areas of focus, and then I'm going to wrap up, and Cammie's going to come talk. Two things, and again, this is kind of deconstructing the, the social media in some sense. You want to go after their heart about what they take in online. That's one area of focus. So Steve, if you think about it, a lot of what we're talking about on defense is what are they receiving? What are they taking in? Okay, what are they looking at? Um, receiving information and images. You have this verse from Ephesians 5, verse 6, that says, Do not let anyone deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, he's talking about sins, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. People who are in sin, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead 
expose them. Okay, what he's saying is a lot of times what, what is tempting to us that we take in on the internet is we are sinning. A lot of it is stuff we would never do personally, but we are glad to vicariously take part in the sins of others online. Right? We will watch stuff that other people are doing and think it's funny or share or, ooh, that's scandalous. I would never really do that, but I'm sure glad that someone else is posting that. Okay? This is saying don't be partners with them. Take no part in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. You know, have, have that discussion with our kids. So how are they, what are they consuming? Is that profitable? Is that helping them to be who you want them to be? That's a part of it. Okay? Now, Social media is neutral, right? People on social media are not. They're sinners. So the medium itself, if you're like me, you've looked at Facebook and cried over a post somebody's posted or a video that, may, you know, that is so amazing. So good things are happening. There are people doing wonderful things on social media. Our kids are encouraging each other immensely on social media all the time. I see it. We don't talk about that enough. They are. They do amazing things. So... This is why some level of accountability is good when it comes to what they're taking in. Now, what is their heart about what they post? That's the other side of social media that we need to be aware of. So it's what they're taking in and then what they're projecting, right? This is the, hey, what you post is on there forever. It's floating around cyberspace somewhere. Um, and the, the, the rule of thumb for that to me in teaching your kids this is 2 Corinthians 2.2. 2. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. That's what we want to teach our kids. And that is very simple to communicate. Are you the aroma of Christ in what you put on the Internet? Is when people see what you're posting, are they encouraged? You know, are they edified? That is, are they being the aroma of Christ in what they're posting? Um, because we know anonymity, too, and what they post and what they do increases bad behavior online, right? Anonymity. If they can get on something and write and, and post or do something and be anonymous, it increases bad behavior and not knowing what. So those are just two things. We'll talk more about that. Not next week. Robbie's going to be here next week. And then the week after, we're going to give you lots of practical, like go to this website and here's this thing. And, and you know, we're going to do a lot more, some practical stuff on the last week hopefully. Uh, and so I want Cammie to go ahead and come up now, and uh, I'll pray for her, and thank you guys for your attention today. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time, and help us, Lord, to be engaged uh, with our kids, not to be overwhelmed by these things, but to know that, again, you have made us parents at such a time as this. Help us to be intentional and see life happening around us and engage with our kids' hearts uh, about how they uh, manage, how they are receiving this information, what they're posting and the heart behind it. And even our kids who aren't even there yet, maybe they don't even have phones yet, give us wisdom, God, as we move into uh, this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm Cami. I'm Jeff's wife. And um, I always like to come and share at the end of Parent You because I feel like um, after a year of listening to Jeff do Parent You at the very beginning, I was like, they all think this is how this looks at our house, <laughs> and it doesn't, and so I wanted to come up and just kind of give you guys a reality check as to what, um, that we're in the trench with you. <laughs> we're trying to figure this out with you, and one of the things that Parent U does is it gives our family the opportunity to think about these things in preparation for weeks, and so 
thank you for allowing us that privilege because it really is a privilege. Um, <laughs> Jeff's last few words, I was like, oh dear, I watched, I read too many of those articles on weird history. Do you do that? Like come up on Facebook, like as far as what you consume, I'm like, I'm guilty of that. I, I don't read the good stuff. I read some of that really weird stuff. Um, but I never <laughs> played football. I, the idea of offense and defense to me is kind of academic. Um, I'm the mother of two, almost three teenagers. And so I'm just overwhelmed <laughs> and tired. And when we talk about technology, I'm scared. Do you guys feel that same way? Like you hear all these things and these dangerous things or you watch a show on TV and the child gets pulled into this ring of horrible things through social media. And, and, and I watch all that and I think, I just want to move to some island and live where there is no technology, right? <laughs> you want to join me on that? <laughs> Um, but we can't really escape the dangers of our kids' sinful hearts or even our own. And I think the real problem for me is I'm totally ill-equipped to deal with the dangers of social media. I just don't know them, and I don't understand them. Um, I get on Facebook, or I do post stuff for work, and it just isn't that big a part of my life. So I don't understand it. And this was really brought home to me when I was talking to my 19-year-old daughter. She was talking about, um, you know, she's in that whole dating phase, and some guy came up to her and asked her for her Snapchat, and she was like, and I didn't give it to him. And I was a little, honestly, I was a little incredulous. I was like, this poor guy had the, you know, was brave enough to ask you for your Snapchat, and you just turned him down. That just seems mean. And I said to her, well, why not? I go, it's not like he was asking you to marry him. Surely you could give him your Snapchat and, you know, just be nice about it. I'd give my phone number out when I was your age. And she goes, she looked at me, you know, with those really patient eyes that they look at you with, like, oh, Mom, you're so cute, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And she goes, Mom, I don't know how he uses his Snapchat. He might have sent me an inappropriate picture. And I was just shocked. I was like, oh, they do that? It can happen like that? You're right. Don't give out your Snapchat to anyone. You're so wise. You're so much wiser than me, you know? And she is because she has to be. There is no way I could know the dangers of social media, and I definitely don't know the dangers of the next big thing, right? I mean, I just don't have the time or energy. Or honestly, do I really care to know all about Snapchat and Instagram and all those things? And so we're stuck. I'm stuck at the end of the day with focusing on those offense things um, of character and and self-control, and praying. I mean, that's something Jeff didn't talk a lot about, but I'm going to say it again. Praying. I pray a lot about these things because although I don't know what's out there, God does. He knows the dangers, and he knows the hearts of my teens. The Holy Spirit, much better than me, can speak to the specific weaknesses of each of my children and how technology will reveal their need for a savior. The sin isn't new. <laughs> the vehicle is new. So I hope you guys can, can join with me in being grateful for our theology that teaches us that God is on the throne and he is in control and he is on social media. He is on the internet. He created each of my children to live in this time and place and he has a plan for them that involves technology. And I don't have to be afraid. I can trust that the Lord will guide me as a parent to the information I need to equip my teens as much as I can. But that's going to be limited, right? 
And I can trust God to speak to the hearts of my teens, even in the areas I can't reach. Um, last week, Jeff talked about, you know, what if you were a 15-year-old and you had all this technology? Because I confess, I would have gotten into all kinds of trouble. I have no idea what pictures I would have sent. I have no idea what I would have done that, because I was immature and I did stupid things. I just didn't have the opportunity to do those specific stupid things. But God saved me, and God redeemed me, and he redeemed my story, and I believe he can do the same thing for our kids. It might feel like we're in Wonderland. I hate that cat. I just have to tell you, like, that cat just a little bit freaks me out every time I look at it. Um, It might feel like we're in Wonderland, but in reality, we are in the rough draft of the world to come, a world where King Jesus reigns, and the things here will go wrong, but that's because we're not supposed to get too comfortable here. Technology and the discomfort it brings with it helps us remember how much we need the Lord. And that really is a good thing. So don't leave here afraid or discouraged. Leave here holding to Jesus because he is more than capable to guide and direct us. Let's pray together. Dear God, we confess we want a list. We want to be able to check it off. We want to keep our kids safe. And we want to protect them from the sin in the world. And yet, Lord, there is enough sin in each of their own hearts to damn them to hell. But you love them enough to send Jesus. Grow our faith as parents. Help us to trust you and help us to run after you so hard that you equip us in those moments to be aware of the opportunities you give to us to engage with our students and appoint them to you to equip them to be wise as serpents but innocent as doves. And I just pray for each parent here who is overwhelmed or fearful that you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will meet with them. And that this parent, you would be a place of encouragement where they would be able to come and share and feel a part of a group of parents who are facing the same struggles and holding tight to you. Lord, help us to encourage one another and to cling to your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.